0: How are you guys doing, Chini Imagine family? This is your host, Mark Karaki. Excited to be bringing you another episode of the podcast. This week, I had the privilege and honor of sitting down with Mr. Adebiyi Aromolaran. I am getting better at pronouncing these Nigerian uh, names. Uh, Ade was one of the first employees at Batawave. But even before that, he had a stellar career in banking tech, Uh, of, I think, probably almost half a decade before he joined that company, as you will hear his story here. So by the time Ade was uh, joining Flutterwave, he was the right person at the right time to be part of one of Africa's first tech unicorns. So this is a great story that is steeped in African banking tech with a a focus on on Nigeria. And uh, you'll hear how Flutterwave was able to do what they did uh, to lead the way, what, were the, what was the secret source behind that company's success and continues to be uh, in that organization? So, this is a, a fantastic podcast that will open your eyes around um, the African uh, fintech scene specifically and uh, the opportunities that still exist there. And I really enjoyed recording this podcast with Mr. Ade and meeting him, just a wonderful person all around. So, uh, this is going to be a good one. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Chidi Maji Podcast. Good to have you here. How are you doing?
1: Very well, thank you. I'm glad to be here.
0: Yeah, super excited to host you. Uh, I see you, you know, looking at your background as uh, an OG in Africa's fintech, banking tech space. I mean, I, I look at your your background and I'm re- really excited to learn learn from you, right? Uh, and I'm sure our audience is really going to enjoy uh, hearing your experiences and, and, and kind of picking your brain as it were from you, from your experience in Africa's banking, tech, fintech uh, ecosystem over the last almost 15 years, I would say. So so really excited about this. Uh, you're sitting in Lagos, Nigeria. Um, so how is the weather over there? I know you're, we, as we've talked before, we got online, you're, you're trying to uh, duck the Various variants that are, <laughs> that are showing up on the landscape. How are things in Nigeria right now?
1: Um, I'd say same, same. Um, we're going about business as usual and um, government is trying its best to ensure they educate the populace on staying safe. Um, so and it's December, right? I usually look forward to a lot of partying, but I think um, caution is the word, so. We're
0: just trying to stay yeah. safe. Yeah. yeah, it makes, yeah, makes all sense. It's, uh, it's a very interesting times that don't seem to be ending. But um, yeah, so maybe we, we, so you are the head of uh, expansion at D-Local currently, um, which is a Uruguayan fintech that is expanding globally, I would imagine. Um, so what do you do there? Really, We can start there just to give us a sense of what you do there, and uh, then we can dive into your background and, and work our way up from your history.
1: Um, what I do essentially is to is to help build out the I'd say the network uh the infrastructure that would ensure Africa is connected to the to the global play at the local. Uh and this going into further details means um identifying countries where where the kind of clients we have have relevant customers, identifying the regulatory um, framework of those countries, identifying how we, what's the strategy for going into that market, um, identifying partners uh, and competitors, um, plugging into partners um, and banks. Um, partners could also be other players like ourselves, and um, mm-hmm. and just ensuring that in terms of payments, right, uh, we are connected to the relevant methods, the relevant parties. And we have the right um, legal backing to do what we do. And so I, I oversee this effort across the continent.
0: Fantastic. And they couldn't have found somebody better for that, given that you've already done this before with Flutterwave, which we'll kinda of get into. But uh, what does D local do? What what does what's D local's play? It clearly fintech, but what specifically are you guys does the company do? Uh,
1: interesting question. So D local is you know, we're one of those payment technology companies that uh, we have more focused on enabling our clients to do what they know to do best, which is to provide services to their own customers. Um, and our clients, in this case, are your know, Fortune 500 um, technology or um, e-commerce companies. What we do is enable them receive payments and make payments in local currency in every market uh, that is relevant to them. We do this across over 30 countries across um, three continents. We started out of LATAM. Uh, So Mm. an example would be if a Netflix, for instance, right, uh, wanting to receive payments in Kenya or Spotify, uh, if you look at the global landscape or Europe, US, where these businesses tend to dominate, what works is cards. But when you come to Africa, mm-hmm. one of the things we talked about earlier is um, people think Africans don't know what they're doing, but the reality is different. We solve our own problems in our own ways. Uh, so right. in Kenya, which I use as an example, what works is safari right, and So it kind of mm-hmm. makes mm-hmm. zero sense for a global player to think of you know, using cards as a collection tool in Kenya so where we come in is ensure that we are plugged into the relevant players who can provide uh, that service either to safari club directly or through, through banks or other partners and then
0: mm. we
1: are able to you know extend this capability to someone like spotify so that they can offer their streaming services to their clients otherwise if you're looking at the, the markets right cards will probably account for say five 7% of what happens in payment space in Kenya, and that's almost a, no, it's a no-no. So local right. ensures that we, we plug in, and our clients are able to grow. So that's where we play, the, the, the space between the service provider and our customers, mm. much like every other fintech.
0: Got it. Okay. <clears throat> it's obviously a very fragmented space, a lot of moving parts. So you're trying to harmonize uh, the payment rails and be a buffer between uh, the local payment infrastructure that's dominant, and uh, the, the your clients, right, to create almost like a, a plug and play model, so that you can abstract that layer for them. Eh? Absolutely
1: correct.
0: Fantastic, that's great. I, I can I, I wanted to kind of dive into your background really quickly, so we can kind of come up this the stack of, of fintech because uh, okay. you know there's so much there's so much happening in fintech across the continent, and you're the perfect person to talk to right now about this topic. So maybe we just Really quickly, going to your background, uh, education, I see you studied microbiology at, at, at Babcock University.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: What were you trying to yeah. accomplish with that?
1: <laughs> um, so growing up, I had three, I think I had three career ambitions. Um, two would be interesting to you. One, I wanted mm-hmm. to be a footballer. Oh no way! Really? <laughs> Same here. <laughs> Every...
0: <laughs> how far did you push that?
1: I, I retired at the age of seventeen. <laughs>
0: you tried before your prime, my friend. Come on, uh, early, I, early I, retirement.
1: I didn't have the physical. I didn't have the physical structure, and uh, I I also didn't have the energy for for it. So I just so you knew what uh, I'm not. I'm only kidding myself, no one. Uh the other <laughs> thing I wanted to do when I was asked at, at 10 is I wanted to be a pastor. Um I, I don't oh, know wow. why. Um, <laughs> so I, I kind of yeah, I, so I thought oh I would love to, you know, speak to people, preach to them, talk to them about a lot of stuff, but and then the thought in I wanted to be a doctor. So career wise, oh, uh, wow. I, I don't know. Mm. Career. Mm. So career wise, you don't go to school to become a pastor. I don't. God calls you right. So that that I just mm. kept that aside. Obviously, I wasn't built for soccer. I could I can play mm. it on the consoles, but not in real life. And then doctor. <laughs> so yeah, I wanted mm. to be a doctor. And uh, I, at the time when I got into school, or the first option that came to me was back Uh, back-up didn't have medicine, and uh, so was microbiology which is like a preparatory course for medicine so once you do microbiology ordinarily you either to advance into research or mm. medicine uh, as happens in some countries like the u.s but then um, mm. in my second year in school i i realized i didn't have a taste for blood uh, uh. i didn't <laughs> i wanted to go into medicine i didn't have a stomach people. for it i didn't have a taste yeah. for <laughs> At all, at all. I I, I didn't. And then um uh, I I realized I was more interested in solving problems like you know, all my roommates were computer science students, but I told I then told my parents I look can I go back and start all over and they're like, Hey, what young man, you know, just finish your <laughs> BS, whatever you want to do with your life, it's up to you. So yeah, then I started yeah. learning a bit of process engineering, coding from my roommates, but I had to finish my BS in my so they, Yeah, that's how I, Ended up being a microbiologist. Um, mm. And then, you know, I, I hold this belief, like I said from the outset if you have a BS, it's a launchpad to any other thing yeah. you want to be. So I went on to do a professional accounting exam and then I got an MBA. In that, while yeah. all of this was yeah. going on, I got a job with a bank. Uh, that mm. was my first job, yeah, with, with First Bank. And then I worked in the branch. I was 21 and that's Mm -hmm. where i think my journey to maybe fintech or process or product started Uh, i was Mm -hmm. deployed or posted to a branch in a in a residential area uh this was Mm -hmm. there was no atms um, in that branch uh, automated machines. and then that Mm -hmm. branch had a lot of people coming in day in day out across the counter to reach to collect cash and here i was fresh out of school nothing was making mm-hmm. sense to me that in 2005, why are there so many people coming to the banking That like, there has to be a way, right? There has to be something mm. that allows mm. us to, you know, so maybe some of it is that, maybe like I said, I didn't go into soccer because I'm physically lazy but I think I have a lot of mental energy. So that's mm. that physical laziness again showing up. Like, why am I mm. sitting down mm. serving so many people? Like, can't I just, you know, push them to alternative channels, that allows them to provide, mm-hmm. um, get services and stuff. And that's where I started. You know what? I engaged my managers and then a lot of back and forth between the end office, we got ATMs installed. We started pushing card services to customers. That for me was a victory. Okay, you know what? People can get to do things for themselves. So moving forward, I started changing how some things happened at the branch. Um, salary postings then were manual. So if you look at how far FinTech mm. has come today, you just sit down at your desk, you do a transfer from your from your app or from wherever. But back then, mm. you have to send some schedule to a bank for someone to do a transfer for you. And that would mm. didn't make sense to me because I'm young and I don't want to stress myself. Like I've got more important things to think about in my head than doing manual, manual repetitive stuff. So I pushed for automation. Mm. We revamped that process. We built um, a, a salary or a transfer Solution within the bank at the time, and then from the branch, I was moved to the head office to uh, manage a payment product because it sort of became clear that this person, you know, is all about transformation, and that's how mm. I got into into payments. Um, and mm. why payments? Mm. If you ask, payments is at the core of everything we do. Uh, regardless, mm. I mean, every activity ends. In a payment, so yeah, that's kind of how I got into
0: it. Fascinating story. Twenty-one-year-old walks into, uh, you know, established Nigerian bank, First Bank of Nigeria, and you proceed to actually catalyze, you know, transformation. There's a couple of things here. I have to wonder how is this possible? Because in Kenya, uh, you know, if you are a young person who has who's who's just joined an established company, you don't have a, you don't have a say. Nobody's going to listen to you. So either one or two things. Either you had a godfather there, or Nigerians are very open-minded. What was? What is your secret sauce? How did this happen? Why did they listen to
1: you? Okay. Um. So one of the two things I learned early is you'd all you should always have a, um, I would say an economic buyer or somebody who has vested interest in what you're trying to do. I mean, in terms of right. does it does it bring him uh, process efficiency or does it improve his bottom line? And that's revenue. And once you identify mm. who that person is, who has that authority to make the decision, I you pitch, you make your pitch to that person. And you said, I learned, not because Nigerians love change like that, but I learned to sell the idea so that the decision maker um, is able to tap into it and also take ownership. I mean, ultimately, mm. the success and failure of that, of that initiative falls or rests on that person's shoulder. So um, I identified that my branch manager was sex-savvy, he had young children, mm. right, mm. who were also interested in the kind of things I was interested in. So I found it easy to relate with him. So every, and then there was also that tenacity. Uh, I, I, I was quite stubborn. I don't know if I'm still stubborn, but I was quite stubborn. I wouldn't <laughs> take, if, if it's not working, I'm not going to do it. Uh, it's not, it's, mm. it's almost a case of my, my way or no other way. Uh, that was then, mm. but now it's a lot different. But but in saying my way or another, I would have thought it through that, look, these are the pros and it outweighs the cons. I mean, in every ramification, in terms of yeah. how much money we'll make as a bank, as a branch, in terms of efficiency, in terms of brand equity, also in terms of right. dragging uh, a brand as old as First Bank, 1894, into the modern age. Those are always my uh, my pitches. are look weak. We've got these younger banks pushing around these initiatives, mm-hmm. we can't stay in the past and this is what I think um, we need to do. So we, and I was also competitive then, there was no godfather, mm-hmm. it was just that decision maker who I needed to identify and always take these initiatives to, once the person buys into it, you or she knows what necessary steps to take to the, at its level and then mm-hmm. at the upper uh, within the upper cadre of the bank, so that's mm. that's always been been the strategy. Uh, it works even now, right? With just a few two tweaks here and there.
0: Right. It's about selling value and and making a, case, a business case at the end of the day, and aligning yeah. interests with with uh, the stakeholders. So fantastic. I mean, for somebody at at to coming out of you know at that young age to have that level of strategic insight in terms of how to get things done. Where did that come from? How did you learn that? How did you figure that out? Because sometimes it's intuitive, but sometimes you also know you need to know. Ex, it's not. It's not. Um, some of this is acquired experience. What was the difference for you? How did you figure that out?
1: Um, so one of one of my secret powers, uh, if I'm not I I know how stuff works. Uh, I don't, which is which comes down to intuition. That's one two. Because whilst i was in school i, I had a lot of um, older and more mature roommates so i learned mm. a lot from them in terms of communication and that helped me in my relationship because they were more mature so i always watched them i always learned from them how they spoke um, how they resolved issues uh, even when there were differences how they went about you know engaging so coming right out of school with that sort of experience. I mean, I had like a 40-year-old man in my room, a father, uh, which mm. for me was very relevant, um, um, I would say, experience to to piggyback off. So I always engaged him. So coming right out of school into the working environment, I already had some knowledge about how to engage, what to do and what, um, and what not to do. Uh, Of course, there's a useful example, which is why I said, Uh, I had this attitude of it's my way or no way, Uh, but then life just teaches you that if that's how you want to go about it, you'll be stuck with your way and no progress. So you'd always have to be diplomatic, uh, especially in in the corporate workspace.
0: Exactly, exactly. So what a, what a, an amazing career takeoff to actually be part of transformation in a bank, and then you had this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you joined the Financial Reporting Council of Nigeria as an assistant manager there. Was that like a was that like a, a job or part time thing? What was that about?
1: So so that that, that was this stubborn part of me. Uh, I'd I'd spent quite some years in the bank, and I was eager for for change in one bank and. Uh, and I was, I mean, I also have a professional accounting qualification. At the time, there was mm. a lot of buzz around FI, uh, IFRS, International Financial Reporting Standards. I love to learn. Mm. And so mm. for me, this was, this was an opportunity to pursue something again. I, I had relevant uh, academic or professional qualification in. Uh, I was thinking, in my mind, I was thinking this was a launchpad to the big four. So in terms of strategy mm-hmm. thinking also, the decisions are not just out of the air. It's, you know, okay, I've done seven years in this bank and I think I want to be a consultant. So I want to teach. Now, let's not forget that pastoral ambition, which has now modif- mm-hmm. morphed into consulting. So I'm saying, mm-hmm. if I'm going to get there, I need this sort of experience. Uh, in getting this sort mm-hmm. of experience, I have this qualification. If I work here, it sets me up nicely, you know, to get some a career with any of the big for accounting firms. You're talking of KPMG, TWC, Anderson, and, and mm. the likes. And this wasn't also too far from this uh, 20, 2008 uh, economic collapse. So it was mm. interesting for me. Like, Let me go see what's happening there. Uh, but government, right? I don't know if you've worked government uh. <laughs> I, I have never,
0: <laughs> and, and I never to <laughs>
1: So it's, it's government, and then you find out find out that all the energy you can burn and expend in the corporate sector, where there's a lot of value on they play they place a lot of emphasis on um what you bring to the table, how you think, uh, what what's your strategy. Right. Here it was totally different, you know. I I mean <laughs> it, it was like the worst few <laughs> it was like the worst few months of my life because I was. So, the only good thing was in that time, because I had a lot of free time on my hands. Uh, the, the agency was new. We're still trying to mm-hmm. find that bit. So, I spent a lot of time reading, uh, I'm reading and trying to collaborate and build stuff. That was where I realized that, hey, if, dude, you know, you don't, I mean, sometimes the past to success is not just employment. You can you can build stuff yourself. So, my friends are, uh, I, I mean, a couple of my friends and I built things. Which we did presentations mm. even up to the, the the regulators level, the central bank, but it didn't fly. Mm. Uh, mm. And so I was there for five months, and then one day someone reached out to me from GT Bank, you know, that i interested in working with GT Bank. And mm. I think I'd done an interview before I left First Bank. I'm like, you know what, mm. uh, let's give it a, a try. uh So mm. while I was in First Bank, right, uh, I'm competitive again, keep that in mind. My biggest mm. challenge growing my payments product was this new bank at the time i mean you I, I could say they were still new and young than gt bank so for every presentation mm-hmm. for every initiative i was thinking of gt bank was they were almost like a step um, ahead if they went ahead for every mm-hmm. position i went for my my customers mm-hmm. would say but gt bank does this even you know i think the brand so <laughs> <laughs> when... so the,
0: yeah. they were kind of haunting you everywhere
1: <laughs> exactly so 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 when i left first bank and the gt bank said you know are you interested it was like oh wow this is an opportunity to see to see how things are done on this side um, let me mm-hmm. what's their secret sauce so i accepted mm-hmm. the role Um initially I, I was you know pivoting towards product but i ended up in a relationship manager but he my time in GT was one of the best. Um, I could understand why they had so much brand equity in terms of process efficiency. They blew my mind. Uh, because yeah. you know when 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 you put a square peg in a square hole, and everything just aligns. There's no there's perfect synchrony. You know there's no room for what if what it was. So it was almost like wow. Mm. I don't have to stress yeah. myself too much. Um, okay. everything. I, I liked the processes. I liked the way they, they thought about business. I liked the strategies. And it just gave me room to grow, right? So it, um, compared to a place where I did a lot of thinking, yeah, I spent less less effort thinking was strategizing now because I just I have the pillars for success. So then, um, I was, I was an RM and I remember my, my teammates used to call me quality over quantity. Uh, because mm. I had this mm. eighty twenty rule. Why am I spending eighty mm. percent of my time um or t- you know t- chasing dead business when I can spend less time chasing big business or quality mm. transactions? So they always say this coming mm. quality over quantity I many of them was just, this lazy, it's not it wasn't a business, it's just that like, why do we like stress as human beings when we can be more effective if we if we actually design products so so I, I left the bank um, because I was doing relationship management, and it wasn't really my passion. My passion is or process, then system mm-hmm. specs in calling. I had been a product mm-hmm. manager for the payment product of, of system specs when I was at the bank. So when they offered me the chance to come be a business development manager for us, I, I jumped at it. My initial remit mm-hmm. was to grow across Africa. So I, I was so excited at the adventure. Now I know Remita is dominant in Nigeria. Da, da 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 da. So let's see how we can take this journey out of Nigeria to other parts of Africa. But I joined at an interesting mm. time um, when the government was looking to be more efficient in terms of how they account for their revenues, how they collect it, and how it's reported transparency. And so I joined at that time. Uh, so I was part of the team. That worked on uh, the 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 products, uh, design modifications. I was part of a team that did that worked on uh, the 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 guidelines for how the overall scheme would work. I was engaged with many of the uh, ministries and agencies, training them, mm-hmm. you know, bringing them up to speed on how modern tech works and how it makes life easier. So essentially, what that scheme was about is the federal Nigeria said. I don't want to go to commercial banks anymore. Uh, all my money to, come to me through my bank, which is the Central Bank of Nigeria. So they we built this the product to connect directly to the banks, to the payers through various points. And then when you pay, rather than the money sitting docks in the commercial banks, the money moves swiftly from their, their positions to the federal government. Uh, Position. Uh, so that was what I, I, I did in Bremis for, of course, Flutterwave.
0: Yeah, Flutterwave. Now we come to the, the, the darling of uh, Africa tech ecosystem. So, so let's talk about so so So, so was System Specs a, a, a consultancy, software consultancy, building bespoke products, or did they have their own platform that they sold? What was the play at System Specs, just really quickly?
1: So SystemSpecs built um its own payment product called Remita, R-E-M-I-T-A. Um, mm. This is not a plug for them, <laughs> but it has to product that. It's it, 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 it at the time, even now, it's one of the most fantastic payment um, products in the market. It's just again, you know, different entities with different strategies for growth and for you know for, for branding and for publicity. So they built, they build and own a payment platform called Remita, which does both collections mm. and um, and mm. and payments for all types of businesses. So it wasn't consulting, mm. uh, but the consulting aspect always came in where, you know, there's it's one thing to sell, it's another thing to actually um, deliver. So yeah. Yeah. exactly, mm, so yeah. I can say to you, uh, Mark. I've got you, I can, look, I want to sell you a phone, and then I sell you maybe some phone designed by B, but it doesn't meet your needs, right? but I've sold. Right. Um, where System Specs comes in is, is to say, Mark, what's your actual need, right? What do you really want? Mm. Then uh, they look at what they have and try to tweak it and customize it to meet your your specific requirements. So that, that was the consulting mm-hmm. side of your business, but it's a payment company through and through.
0: Fantastic. So, system. So, payment product with systems integration, kind of services built on top of that. So, it's interesting that you say different companies with different strategy and different publicity, and I want to dig into that a little bit, right? Because, you know, it's you know, you have the pay stocks of the world, uh, and was Remita? What, is that what you were thinking about when you were saying that statement, or what? What did you mean by that statement?
1: Okay, so uh, well. I, I, I think it, I, I, it's a general statement in that um, mm-hmm. uh, some some companies in fintech we know we use a lot of different terms we look we use the terms like growth hacking we use terms like uh, mm-hmm. um, grow, growing organically and all or whatnot so for a company like Systems so who had had a level of success right in doing what they've been doing for years. Uh, the the focus at the time was delivering on this national project, right? Um, all other growth um, imperatives were, I won't, they were not sidetracked, but they went on quietly. Uh, but the focus mm. was delivering on a national project, whereas um, you had a... Got it. Based, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you had a I said that says, no, look, I am, I'm not looking to solve the government's problem. I'm looking to solve a problem right. for, for SMEs or for businesses, so you, in terms of how you approach approaching, you, you deliver your messaging, you know, it's definitely going to be different.
0: Got it. Got it. Very interesting. All right. Then we came to, then your next move was Flutterwave. So how did, how did that come about? How did you get introduced to the, did you know the people before? How did you get introduced to the Flutterwave team? How did that happen? I, I,
1: so Well, it was a, I, I, well, if you believe in luck. <laughs> so it was a, it was a chance. Right. Best, um, destiny. <laughs> exactly yeah. so yeah so exactly you know when everything you've been doing in life is preparing you for this um opportunity right. i just right. I, uh mm. someone introduced me to one of the co-founders uh, the current ceo and then uh, mm. he requested for a meeting um to, to be to be honest right uh, as much as i love to think of how maybe um cerebral and blah 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 B maybe. I'm also a, mm. let's just keep my, let me keep my feet on the ground. So when GB reached out to me, I said, hey, uh, let's have a chat and everything. Um, at the time, um, mm. I, I I think I recall doing a search on Google for Flutterwave mm. and, you know, I didn't see anything and yeah. I had to click on, I had to click on news mm. <laughs> to see, to find stories. <clears throat> Excuse me, about Flutterwave, and mm. I don't know, but we met, we spoke, for whatever reason, I just felt it was where I wanted to be. Uh, mm. And so when I told my folks, my friends, even my pre-former boss, look, I'm going to this company called Flutterwave, it's a US company, every normal person does the same thing, so they go to Google and search, and then they, don't, they don't see the company and they think
0: they're <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're selling you they're selling you air as my as my as my father would say yes you sell air
1: <laughs> yeah so they, they, they all think you're insane that okay so they sit me down and talk be are you sure you're making the right move my son was three months so it was like mm. are you sure you want to do this you mm. want to take this chance i'm like yes i'm absolutely sure it's it i know when your mind is made up. Some there's right. almost nothing that would tell me, okay, yes, this is what they do, this is that blah 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 Who mm-hmm. who are the clients, right? And I knew some, I mean, based off of my conversation with, with GB, with GP. So I just thought it was a natural right move for me, not just because it was a US company or anything, but I love disruption. I and disruption not for the sake of disruption, but anything that adds value and improves lives, that improves businesses, I'm all for it. So if you tell me today, there's a better way to do temperature checks than you putting, you know, flashing one infrared thermometer on my head. If there's something that can do that, let's let's do it. How will it work, right? Is it, you know, I'm all for it. In as much as there is an intrinsic value to be delivered. Uh, oh, shoot, I think I lost you, Mark. So, you know, when your mind is made up, it's it's, it's made up. You just want to do this new thing. And because you know, you've presented or represented disruption for me, not disruption for let's just go and make trouble but good trouble last us um Lewis used to say let's make good trouble right good trouble in right. terms of this is how legacy payment systems work in, in nigeria right or across africa mm. and mm. let's build stuff that changes the way people think about payments and change the way uh you know we do business uh so mm. the initial challenge is oh we want to simplify payments we want to um, prior to that right I, I had a personal issue too where I, I was building a platform and i went to one of the mm. big payment companies and i said okay oh, i need access to your gateway they gave me a bill of 1.5 million naira which is in today's oh, time wow. yeah which is in today's terms about i'll say close to four thousand dollars and i'm thinking mm-hmm. so this out where just broke your to get four thousand dollars to get a payment gateway right, right uh, then Mm. So I went back and forth negotiating and they told me, okay, you know what? There's this option I can pay fifty thousand and I'll still have to do this. I, I don't code. Um uh, I would have mm. to you no, know, it, it was just not making sense. So this was a personal thing that I thought, great, mm. I'm going to challenge the status quo through know, you know, floods mm. away. But the more interesting thing was not just we're solving a Nigerian business problem. It's more of an African play. Uh, because when you look as we mentioned earlier look at the continent there's several subs, there's several pockets of solutions here and there that works for different people. MPSA in, in in Kenya, um, MTN Momo in Ghana, you go to Egypt you're talking of Fori in, in Nigeria where we have in, we have myriads of payment options in South Africa there are, many of them are comfortable with cards. So when you're looking at Africa it's almost like it's a headache. Right. Um,
0: right.
1: So, how when you want to do business, how to even get paid is the first problem you're thinking of. And in right. general terms, um, you, look at, you look at business from the point of view of commerce, payments, mm-hmm. and logistics. Right. Um, and I think uh, right. we've we've been able to address the first wave of commerce, and then we've addressed mm-hmm. the, the, the second wave, which is payments. mode.
0: Okay. So, so now you you've, you've made up your mind. You're joining. Flatowave, uh you can only find them in the in the uh, the only the only place you can find them online is an news article. Uh, so what was day one like? A company that doesn't exist, it only exists in <laughs> in GB's conviction and, and, and your belief. So what was day one at Flutterwave like?
1: <laughs> I still once in a while go to the office where it all started, the one room office, and I remember resuming and. Oh, GB says you have to get your own office, you have to HR is going to send you a a laptop. So mm-hmm. I was more or less like its first employee. Oh um, wow. So and then I, I recall seeing the email uh, he sends to the co founders introducing me. And I saw the list of things I was going to be taxed with. In my mind, I said, Jesus, I am dead. (laughs) 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 Uh Continue. It's cut cut, cut across um, operations, Uh sales, support, uh, project management, uh, partner management. (laughs) Like, it was, you know. Operations, expansion, compliance. So I'm just like, what? What else is there? Just, <laughs> just <laughs> you.
0: <laughs> yeah, basically, take out, take out the trash. You know, feed feed the dog. <laughs> yeah. Change the diapers, yeah, yeah, everything. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, but but because um, I'm, I I just said, look, this is this is going to be fun. Um, let's mm-hmm. get down to it. So day one was me learning what tools do you use, you know. Um, of course, there are, there were some existing integrations or conversations before I resumed. With, uh, so I you know I spent the whole of day one reading through Slack. And mm-hmm. it, I'm, I'm sure GB also remembers this uh, when he asked me, um, what, what am I up to? I said I'm, I'm catching up on all the conversations <laughs> because right, getting get some to, context Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, if you're going to do something, it's good to know where you've been, right, and where you are, and then de- determine what next right. from there. Mm-hmm. So, I need to catch up on all these historicals, and I've then you know I need to ask the right questions. Understand so I can set the right to move going forward. So the one was mostly catching up. And then, uh, you know, whilst you're doing that, there's one customer who is already complaining about settlements or complaining about failed transactions. And then I'm asking, who am I? Who is going to deal with this? You know, and then I remember, oh, you're the support person at, at this moment. So <laughs> you pick the phone and try to troubleshoot. So, but then it started. Growing uh, with yeah. GBS uh, guidance, with ease uh, inputs um, at the time. So all of and we went from you know one person, we became mm-hmm. two in the office. Then the, yeah. remember the finance guy joined, then the salesperson joined, then the QA person joined, customer support joined. It's grown from mm-hmm. I mean to what it is today, but with the right set of sites, um, sort of. Foundation and leadership, but the one was, as you can imagine, like you're the plumber, you're the gardener, mm-hmm. you're, the, you're, the, you're the cable repairman. and you mm-hmm. just, and you don't even have uh, excuses for all of this, but I don't back right. down from the challenge. So I fantastic. Have to, I have to just, yeah,
0: figure it out. So, so where, so. What, where was the heart of the business? So it sounds like GB was in Lagos or was he between uh, Lagos and Silicon Valley? Where was E located? How was the company? Where was the company located, essentially? Where was the brain trust?
1: Uh, so, um, so originally, or oh, to, to today, um, HQ is in SF. No. Um, so GB, E were alternated between Lagos and SF. Uh, mm. Because somehow I, I, Nigeria represents one of Africa's biggest markets. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was a need to get it right in Nigeria mm. Mm. before before we extend the same thing in, in, into other countries. Um, there's this funny, uh, I don't know if it's, well, maybe there's this belief that if you get it right in Nigeria, you shouldn't be able to. With some few tweaks, do it well in other countries. So we need to ensure Nigeria was right. So there were always alternatives between SF and you know Niger- and Lagos. Mm. Uh, tech 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 team was mm. based in both, in both places.
0: Interesting. And by the time you joined, uh, so co- a couple of questions for you: the the decision to to locate in SF was that I can imagine maybe had some fundraising element to it, but is there anything more strategic there, right? But why would you set up HQ in SF for an African startup? I've, I've always wondered about that, but I always assumed it was a fundraising angle. Yeah,
1: Good good, good, good question. Um, I think to today, uh, my, my thoughts are it's more of a f- fundraising um, angle, one, and two. There was, at the time, if you talk about payment companies in Africa, or, or payment companies generally, you you'd have you mentioned stripe, right? You'd mention mm-hmm. PayPal, you'd, mm-hmm. mention you'd, mention, uh, uh, you'd mention Braintree, you'd mention I think checkout is new, you mentioned Brain Tree, you'd mention ADN, uh, mm-hmm. and and the yields, right? But if you so if you're looking to provide services for instance to an Uber in Africa, uh, this is me taking the conversion away from invest from investment or fundraising purposes. It was really, a mm-hmm. mentality. Yeah, it was a mentality that where's this company from, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you say mm-hmm. Africa, it's almost like mm, it's almost mm-hmm. like mm, discounted. Uh, okay. Yes, like, got it. Exactly. Right. So it was also strategic to ensure that we we're able to, We also had this global player um, posturing. But also a continental uh, player um, advantage.
0: Focus. I love it. Very strategic and uh, well thought out. Oh, clearly, you, you know your founders are, uh, have the mindset of, you know, playing at that strategic level. Um, and so you joined in 2016. When was the company launched? Was it when? When was Flutterwave officially launched? What? What? When, what what's? Twenty
1: sixteen. Um, Twenty sixteen. If I recall the article very well, uh, I think it was the first article I ever saw on it was May 2016, where I did the pitch, um, yeah, but then, so it was 2016, set, registered, set up in 2016, I joined in July, mm. or so, mm. yeah, July, July 2016.
0: But- oh, okay, so if you can, as, as efficiently as you can, just walk us through what were the what was the process for setting up and getting laying the foundation for the success that has followed? Uh, what were the things you needed, the dragons you needed to slay first in the business to lay the pipeline, so the, 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 the infrastructure so that everything else can go on top, right? Because, you know, everybody knows Flutterwave payments uh, across the continent. But what does that actually mean? What are the things that need to be layered so that this thing can actually come to life the way it has?
1: Uh, okay, so m- one of the most important things we are, uh, which we, we don't count as infrastructure, but it's important, is the people, the people resource. You need to have mm. the right people. Uh, the first of all must believe in in what you're trying to. do, That's one. Mm. Two, is technology is more or less a commodity these days. Mm. But you also yeah. need to be able to figure out how technology works optimally. Uh, because if we look at it pre-flutter with There's always been emphasis, right, in in Mm -hmm. Kenya. There's always been cards. There's always been fury. Build a system that harmonizes or unifies all of these payment methods into a single gateway. So having the people, having Mm -hmm. the understanding of your ecosystem, of what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the biggest things in in Africa is uh, navigating the regulatory the regulatory landscape yeah land, mm-hmm. i don't know if it. i don't I, I don't want to call it landscape i'll
0: say landmine landmine
1: yes because nothing is really clear i mean mm. so it's a, it's a, you have you have to love reading a lot of questioning the love asking because mm. nothing everybody just says so um you read some regulations in some countries about payments. It's not clear what you are trying to say. Like you are exactly. not really sure whether you should do the business or not do the business. <laughs> it's, very ambi-
0: <laughs> it's very ambiguous.
1: <laughs> exactly. So you you don't. And then if you go to the regulators, they they also give you a vague response. Like just go and apply for. The question is, what do I apply for? Where do I apply for? do I get license?
0: yeah Yeah, it's no clarity so
1: so so that's one of the things we i mean as far as we needed to be able to i mean putting those things in place the people the technology stack and then um the 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 understanding of navigating those regulatory terrains so that as far as business is concerned we can operate those were the key
0: issue and so let's and let's talk a little bit about what Flutterwave, i guess product number one was was it to create a unified gateway that anyone in africa can plug into and make and receive payments irrespective of the underlying local payment solutions what 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 was the what was the play here or what what was the play at, at, at the time
1: so um, the the play was charity begins at home. Sort of. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I think it's a common African uh, maxim we all agree with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's even global. Charity begins. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to tell the world that we can solve payments, I need to fix it first for for Africans, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the the play was let's let's simplify how Africans do business, how they're able to do trade. And um, when the world hears about what we're doing, they'll take notice and definitely come this way to to either partner or find ways, you know, to also invest in the ecosystem. So it was mostly let's solve our own problems. Nobody's going to solve it for us. Um, yeah. So it was understanding that it we we that as had several messages over the years. First of, all, okay. I I recall one which is Africa is a continent, but make you feel like a country. Uh, mm-hmm. it's it think global Africa. So, but it was always about let's solve the Africans' problem. And when you're solving the Africans' problem, it's multidimensional. First of all, mm-hmm. he wants mm-hmm. to collect. He wants to collect money. He wants to pay. And when he's paying, he's not only paying an African. Mm-hmm. He also wants to pay foreign companies that. He enjoys their services. He wants to. He wants to, mm. you know, mm. subscribe to mm. to Spotify. He wants to mm. use his card on GoDaddy. Mm. Uh, so those were the things that drove product development uh, at Flutterwave. Mm. Wave. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, what was the core solution? Were there how did you solve all these variants of problems? What was the what is behind the scenes? <laughs> how do you how do you make this all come together? Technically speaking, uh, so what, what did you build?
1: We, we built a, a payment, a I would say one of the most um, intelligent um, and dynamic payment gateway solutions in terms of routing. Uh, because on the surface today everybody sees I don't know if you recall there was a time when the product was called Rave. Uh, before mm-hmm. now it's called everything has come under on one umbrella to be called flutter Wave, you know, flutter mm-hmm. Wave dash and the dashboard and all that. But it used to be mm-hmm. called Rave Payment Gateway. Mm-hmm. Then there was something Flutterwave rolled out years ago, it was called PayMe, mm-hmm. uh, which is a link I can send to you to make payments to me um mm-hmm. then there was uh, there was something called trive the batter um mm-hmm. all of these mm-hmm. were to showcase the infra, the underlying infrastructure the underlying mm-hmm. infrastructure mm-hmm. at flutter core, score is ability to mm-hmm. handle payments as no matter how dynamic or complex it is so every other thing you see is a it's a it's, it's, it's a well, say POC to show This is what our technology can Mm. enable you achieve. So, at its core, the the Mm. fundamental product is is that payment engine that that was built or that has been built and is still being Mm. refined day in, day out.
0: Okay, fantastic. So, and before we move over, move on from 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 Flutterwave. You know, uh, just a couple more questions. So, what was the difference in that? Because you know, people have been the, trying to solve payments in Africa since we started and even before, what was the difference in this organization? Uh, what made the difference? Was it leadership? Was it the people? What, what was the secret sauce? If you could pick one thing, if you remove this one thing, nothing else works. What was the secret sauce here? The
1: the, the leadership, the people, the leadership, the people, and um, so uh, I what when when did you. Be, Mentioned this to me the first time we met. Right, I I mentioned I did say that there was this immediate um, attraction to the idea. Um, mm. the same, it was the same thing with almost everyone that came on. board, everybody wanted to solve a problem genuinely. So we're not mm. solving problems because we want to make money, right? Mm. So you know that's why I said in in tech we talk about doing, people solve problems for different reasons. Some want mm. to hammer, that's a Nigerian balance. You know when they hammer they want to make money. I don't mm. want to blow. So they build things, and they are thinking of I'm going to sell it in one two years. Mm. Uh, I don't I don't approach product design or problem solving from that perspective. Mm. I solve problems because I enjoy solving problems. That mm. that's my maxim, right? If you solve mm. if you do something you enjoy, it always pays forward. And that's the, that was the key thing about Flutter that differentiated it from others. It wasn't just about making money. It wasn't this this new boys, this young boys just want to do fintech. Mm-hmm. No, we mm-hmm. were actually passionate about what we were doing. And mm-hmm. so there was that level of, everybody felt ownership. I mean, I wasn't the founder. I'm mm-hmm. not any of the founder, but everybody felt a sense of ownership that I've got to ensure that this thing succeeds Fantastic. not just for me but because mm. of what we're trying to do
0: i love it I, I i love it very much i mean that's what that's what makes a difference and a lot of times in africa we are we come from a you know our our story has been about survival so people are always trying to kind of you know put food on the table every day majority of africans as a reality that's kind of the the narrative and so solving problems because you know it is the right thing to do, or because you're passionate about it. Sometimes it, it smirks of in our in our context can smirk of of privilege, right? You have to be able to <laughs> be in a position, you know. Yeah, it's true. You have to you have to be in a, true, in a true, position true. to make that decision, right? But you see, there's no yeah, way you're yeah. going to lean into the future if you're only surviving in the present. And the fact that there are some people right now on the continent, like yourself and myself and others, you know. Your, your co-workers at Flutterwave who could make the choice of leading into the future and doing something. Of course, they have to have a salary and all that other stuff, but that's not the driver, right? The driver mm-hmm. was let's actually move the needle, let's actually w- walk boldly into the future we've imagined that we can create. And to me, that is how you, yeah. move a so- that's how you move a society forward. Without those people who can imagine the future and lean into the future and take that 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 X that X factor.
1: It's, it's very difficult to build anything great, right? Absolutely, absolutely. It's it, you, you've got to, like, I say, you've got to go beyond self. Like, this it, is what's for the greater good. Uh, right. uh, and I, I, I like to say, if um, without sounding, uh, without sounding, what's the word, uh, bias or anything, I look at the white man a lot. And you see that that's what drives a lot of the growth in their society. It's right. It's um, service before before self, and that's exactly. the kind of culture. I mean, that we embrace in Florida with that service before self.
0: And let me ask you a question. And comparing it now to the broader society, how, how would you say where things are in general uh, in Nigeria? Has that mindset, where from a percentage standpoint, that's a, that mindset of service before self. Where is it right now? Uh, is it a? <laughs> are you guys a total minority? at uh, Flutterwave, and even across the ecosystem, how would you quantify uh,
1: what, so, that? So when I when I look at the ecosystem um, these these days, right, uh, I'll say that that idea is still now. Maybe it's not serving the first service, but it's more of like I just want to do something I enjoy doing. Uh, mm. If I'm enjoying and I'm making a change, let's—I mean, let's see how it goes along. So, ultimately, you might some might term it as some service before self, but the, my own sense of it is people are just doing stuff they enjoy doing, and I just start something because it makes it fun to me. It makes sense mm. to my gang, Let's do mm-hmm. this. We enjoy it, and then let's just the way Mark started, you know. I, didn't, I don't think he, he wanted all of us to be in his metaverse initially. He was just doing something for himself and his friends. And he became, oh, this could become the school intranet, you know? And so that's, that, that's the way things are evolving. I mean, right now, that's my, my position. That people are doing mm-hmm. things that solve personal pain problems, uh, pain points. And when mm-hmm. you solve a problem that affects you, the truth is there are other people that have that pain. So it's a natural extension you know, for you to take that service to the broader market, but it's not really. Like I said, ultimately, you some would define it as yes, it's service before self. Well, but but service before self would mean that you're giving up some sort of privilege, or or something. You know, to do to do stuff that actually does make an impact. So yeah, that that's my own sense of it these days. That uh, everybody mm-hmm. just doing stuff for fun. mm
0: mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, and, and, and so you talked about uh, people have had a sense of ownership at uh, at and uh, from a sense of philosophically speaking, we all own the same problem; we have the same interest. But in a mat- in a more material way, um, how did that? Were there some uh, equity opportunities offered to employees? How did that play out? Is that something you can talk about?
1: Um. I, I, I... I'd have to look at my non <laughs> non disclosure uh, me but I I mean that was something I can at least boldly share that uh, the sense of ownership not came not just from the pride of working for it, but because the company ensured and made sure that everybody walked away from, walks away from the table with something. That there's there's this popularity we had in the company, every you had this team in the game. So, in I, I, I think mm-hmm. that that's I think yes, yeah, so I think that shows I mean
0: I think I'd raise that point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fantastic. So fantastic. So you stayed there for two years, nine months, um, and then you moved on. And and this is my last question because I mean we're past an hour. I try to keep these things within forty forty minutes, yeah. forty-five minutes, but this is such a, a you know pertinent story to where we are in our ecosystem right now. So I I'm sure the audience will forgive us for continuing because they, I'm sure they're enjoying this, hopefully. So Two years, nine months. What, why, 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 why did that happen? Why, why, why did you move on from, from Flutterwave? What was the impetus for that?
1: Um, being be loves to learn, being loves new challenges. I wanted to go do something um, different. I've been doing, mm. maybe I, I, at the time I got bored of, of payments. Um, I've been doing payments for, I've been doing this in like 2009, 2010. Mm. And um, then yeah, we 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah, i yeah yeah, yeah. So I've done it in banks. I've done it. I've done it at different fintechs, and then flooded away. Like maybe I, I, probably was bored, um, mm-hmm. and I was looking to just do something a bit different mm-hmm. in in the financial services space. I mean, there was no way I was going back to football. There was no, <laughs> there was no way I was going into pastoring the medicine. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> I might as well just make use of the best opportunities available. I and mean, what what else can I do in the financial services space that makes me more complete? Uh, I know payments uh, in and out, but what else after outside of payments? I know it, I know quite a lot about banking. I know quite a lot about regulations. But your whole life be is financial service. So what else in financial services do you think you can make a play for? So that that's where. Um, the already story came in there, um, mm. and I liked the whole idea too. So, interestingly, Flutterwave, like I said, is a payment service provider. Their biggest strength, and I did mention, is the core, the technology, right? Mm. Uh, but if you look at finance, financial services as a whole, Flutterwave doesn't operate or exist in a vacuum. Um, what powers people like Flutter with in Africa are financial institutions, banks. Uh, so, And what enables those banks to be operational and effective is a core banking solution, right? So mm-hmm. that was how I looked at it in terms of value chain analysis. That, okay, so I know how payment works from, in the, in, in, from the perspective of financial service, but what enables payment to work? I mean, in, there are banks and there are people... Banks in, in payments, you know, we, we see them as acquirers. We see people like Follow them as processors. But there is something that enables banks to run like smooth machines, and those are their their core banking applications, their CBAs, which is well yeah. already and played. So I yeah. also wanted to go in there and see how does this thing work? How does it enable um, a bank to be efficient? And then how is a bank able to extend its own services via APIs or whatever? To and allow people like Flutter with, you know, also provide additional services. So, I'll say people like Oradian are what you call the iceberg. They're the guys you don't see. They're just there, you know, enabling mm-hmm. the people powering the ecosystem mm-hmm. to function smoothly. Uh, when when I think of Oradian, I think of people like Rails Bank. I don't know if you've heard of Rails Bank. So they're mm-hmm. infrastructure players at the base. Of what happens in the financial services space, um, So that's that was the attraction for me. That, you know what? Let, let me take a break from from payments and see what's happening beneath, um, behind the scenes.
0: Mm, fantastic, I love it. And then final f- final question for you: What other problems are there in in? And I'll kind of come back here into your wheelhouse in payments. To solve right if you were to build a payment solution today number one two questions in one would you build in not payments but just general fintech let's broaden the 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 the, the aperture there would you would do you see opportunities in fintech worth pursuing and what might those be final question for you
1: um cross-border cross-border payments so payments and collections are two sides of the same coin Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and what I mean by that is, Mac wants to get paid, B needs to send money to Mac. So mm-hmm. For you, it's a collection. For me, it's a remit as a transfer, mm-hmm. and f- that's most likely what I would focus on, because ultimately, if we're talking about uh, the a- AFC, uh, the after the, the agreement, mm-hmm. and ensuring that Africa grows, right, and we encourage trade and mm-hmm. economic development within the region. I can look at it as collection, but it's more uh, for me enabling cross-border remittances instantly, right? Um, without all the legacy processes of um, the existing guys. I, I don't want to make sure they the heavy hitters, um, yeah. uh, <laughs> the, card, the, card, the, the card schemes, let me just mention the card schemes and all of that, but I would want to build something outside of legacy systems because it takes time for those things to move, but right. that delivers value across country instantly. Uh, I think that's what I would want to do. I wouldn't worry my so much about payment gateways because in as much as I'm solving cross-border trade, I'm doing the same thing. It's just a different name.
0: Fantastic, hey Be? Thank you so much for taking the time to 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 speak with us. Uh, your wisdom. I'm sure and experience is going to be super valuable to so many people. So
1: thank you for taking the time to be here today. Thank you so much, Mark, for having me.